Hello, this is Dr. Frank Dowling, Secretary of the Medical Society of the State of New York. I'm a physician who is board certified in addiction and psychiatric medicine. I've been involved with MISNI's Veterans Matters programs and planning committee since its inception in 2015. I'm joined today by U.S. Army Reserves Colonel Dr. Melaine Ingram and retired U.S. Air Force New York Air National Guard Chief Master Sergeant Marcel Lease. This discussion will focus on the history and increased roles of women in the military, as well as some of the resultant mental health challenges specific to women in the military. First, can you describe what you consider to be some of the ways that women have had a significant impact on the U.S. military? This is a difficult question. What I came up with was is that women, we have diversified the military in terms of having more women in. We're increasing our leadership roles and access to leadership. However, the military actually still lags behind the civilian world in terms of diversity and leadership involving women. It seems that there's a recognition, at least in the civilian world, that women, we have this kind of female factor. They say that we can actually improve things because we can add to the collective intelligence, but that is improving in the military. I was reading an article recently that talked about the increase in the number of women who are getting access to combat roles, which in the military actually does lead to higher leadership positions. What are some of the challenges faced by women who serve or who have served in the U.S. military or as veterans? I think there's a significant issue of isolation and sexism and risk of exposure to military sexual assault. So I think those are kind of, as you enter into a male-dominated place, the isolation factor is that you are the only woman, and that can kind of create in its own sense a, a box for you that you kind of get put in, and then you have difficulty getting out. And then, as I said earlier in my previous question about kind of the glass ceiling of the military, that is a significant issue. There is this feeling that women, we can't think in a combat role and that we don't have the physicality to be able to keep up. So those are, I think, some of the big issues. And then again, this uh, military sexual trauma, I think is a big one that is now just beginning to become addressed within the military. As a woman that served in the military for 24 years, there were many challenges faced personally and professionally that I saw for myself and for other females that were serving with me during my career. A lot of that really, for me personally, came from my dual role as not just a service member, but as a mother and a wife and trying to balance that. Many times during my career, I had to leave for temporary duty, other assignments in the States, and I did have one deployment, very short deployment, but I did have to leave my family. My kids were really young at that time. My husband was full-time employed outside of the military, and so that, that created a challenge. And so when I was away, I was focused on the mission, obviously, but when I came home, there were some challenges when I returned into my role as being a mother and still working in service, and it created conflict in our family. Sometimes my husband had challenges getting time off to be home with the kids, so that was something that when I went to work, I had some guilt about. And that was something that I don't think that many of the men feel, or at least none that I've ever experienced, that felt that they had that same sense of guilt leaving their families when they had to go and serve. 
And are there any additional comments you'd like to make on some of the challenges that women face as veterans? I think as veterans, the challenges are that access to the health care and to the services provided by the veterans. I think there's definite improvement, but it's almost sometimes it seems that we have been forgotten and that we have to fight and remind people that we are there and that we have participated participated as far back as the Revolutionary War, but yet there's this constant need to have to put ourselves up in front and so that we get access to the same benefits. As most of what the VA offers, though they are definitely improving, is male-directed. Some of the challenge I see now working with veterans since I've been out of the service with women really go to their being able to, first of all, identify themselves as a veteran. Many females do not embrace that veteran role. And many of the women that I work with in the community don't tend to their physical and their emotional needs. Again, being strong, resilient warriors that we're supposed to be, we we really don't seek the care that we need. And that's unfortunate because it's a spiral effect. Women that we work with with the Dwyer Project, many of them uh, have waited too long before they've gotten a diagnosis of PTSD or other chronic issues that they may have that could have prevented some of the hardships that they've felt since they've served. We work with the veterans in the community to help them, especially the females, to access care and continue to be strong in that respect. Reflecting on your role as a woman who served, please share an experience that you found had a significant impact on your work in the military. This was an interesting question for me when I first heard it. At first, I couldn't think of anything. And then it kind of came to me. Back in 2015, I deployed to Afghanistan. And I was in a facility that was pretty quiet, not much going on. And there was another location that was quite busy. And there was a lot of active stuff going on. And I had requested that I be allowed to have an opportunity to go to the other facility and was told that there were concerns for my safety as a woman. The facilities weren't set up for women soldiers and therefore they didn't think it would be appropriate for me to go. Subsequently, I did find out that that wasn't true. I did encounter other women who had actually been to this facility and had no problems. So I think that experience hindered me in terms of being able to provide care. And I think for me, it affected me in a psychological way. I felt angry and depressed that I wasn't being allowed to utilize my capabilities in the mission. And so I felt like, why was I there? Please discuss the impact of your military service on your role today as a civilian and as someone serving in the military reserves. Very good question. For me, as a civilian, it's kind of been a positive and a negative. When I commissioned to join the Army Reserves, it was quite an exciting process. And what I determined as time progressed and leading up to my first deployment, it wasn't just me that signed up. It was the people I work with in terms of my partners, my family. It all had an effect on them as well. For my partners, it affected their ability to provide coverage or it kind of led to them having to be on more often. And sometimes that 
did get expressed in terms of resentment about the process because as one of my partners pointed out, he didn't sign up. And so certainly him losing his summer because I was being deployed was a little bit frustrating for him. So that was the effect on, on my civilian work life. I, patients have also expressed to me that they're proud that I serve, but when they feel like they need me to provide care and I'm not there, they do feel bitter, I would have to say, uh, about me being gone. And then the military service for me on the military reserves, I think in a more positive note, has been actually a very interesting aspect. I've met a lot of different people, seen a lot of different things. And I think those things that I've seen and the interactions that I've had have helped, I think, make me a better person and maybe a a better doctor also, I think, to make me, they also, I think, have made me a better American. I think it has led to a stronger sense of patriotism for me by some of the exposures that I've had on my deployment. The impact the military service had on my role today as a civilian has given me an opportunity to really understand the culture of what it is to have served. And that in itself gives me credibility when I'm working with a veteran or even a current service member that's serving in the reserves. We have in our community a large component of garden reservists, and that means that they're still serving in a part-time capacity while fulfilling a civilian role in the community in their full-time employment. Many of those people that we work with that are in the reserves right now are fearful of possibly losing their careers in the military if they identify that they have some sort of a hardship or a struggle with either post-traumatic stress or any other impairments that might be perceived as a negative on their careers. So they don't access the care. Having that lens as somebody that serves in the reserves, that also gives me the credibility to be able to work with them and share with them community resources. Many reservists don't know what the community resources are. Some of them don't access VA care. Some people in the Garden Reserve don't even consider themselves veterans. They don't access the veteran systems. So for us to be able to work with them and for me to have that understanding of what it is to be in that role where you're a guardsman, you're a weekend warrior, and then you go back into your community and you shed the uniform and you don't really think about how the service may have impacted you in your life and your family role. Reservists that have to leave for military duty, that have to deploy for months on end, that creates a hardship for the families that are here. So as somebody in the civilian world right now, working with the veteran population, we're able to help them access the care that they need. Most of them, from what we've experienced, are accessing civilian health services and not the VA. And so it's important for them to know what their choices are. And we guide them through that process to ensure that they get the clinical and the peer support that they need. Please offer some guidance to physicians and other healthcare providers on things that they should consider so that they can provide better care for women veterans. I would tell physicians that they shouldn't assume that a woman has not served in the military, and they shouldn't assume that she might not have mental health issues like PTSD if they are aware that she served in the military and thinking that that she's been in a non-combat role only and thinking that women haven't been exposed 
to some of the same stressors that men have in the military, and also to be aware of the potential that the woman may have experienced some negative aspect while she was in the military. And just to to recognize that women's reasons for joining the military may be multifactorial. It can be family-related, patriotic, could be a way of getting away from something. So it's just to kind of not make assumptions is what I would recommend. Some guidance that I'd like to offer to physicians and other healthcare providers when working with women in the community is to consider that women also serve in the armed forces. Women are deployed in harm's way, and women have challenges that whether you serve four years or 24 years, they faced in their careers. I recently experienced my own health issues and sought medical treatment while I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Whether this was a part of the deployment being exposed to toxins or not, regardless, I'm seeking care through civilian providers. During this whole process that I've been through in the last six months, never once was I asked if I had ever served in the military. And I reflect on that right now because I think that sometimes women just are not considered as people that may have served. And so I'm curious if that would have, especially working with radiologists and oncologists, could uh, the cancer be caused by something that I had served. So I think that in my treatment, it would have been important for them to know that I had been in the armed forces and I had served overseas in a deployed location. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about any of the topics discussed here, please go to MISNI's CME website at cme.misni.org and look under resources. Additionally, there are several Veterans Matters webinars archived there. These programs provide participants with one free CME credit for each episode.